Hi everybody, I'm Jen Johnson and this is Thought by Thought Healing and today I have a special guest. This is Nick Kustas. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today? Yeah, pretty good. What about you? All good? Yeah. Nick, we're, Nick and I were talking before we started this video and the weather where he lives and the weather where I live are both pretty awful, um, but in the opposite ways. So lots of rain there where you are. Yeah, lots of rain, heavy rain. And it's um, spring here. So it's, and I'm in Australia, it's meant to be hot. It ain't hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's supposed to be fall here, which it is, but we're having tons of smoke. So everybody's hiding inside, which is super <laughs> interesting, but yeah yeah so nick has an awesome story of healing this is your how, how many interviews have you done so far <laughs> you're lucky number four and there's another one coming so <laughs> that's yeah. awesome um yeah. yeah i know that's probably uh maybe a lot on your plate but also it just seems like god has given you a huge platform to just bless people and and share inspiration and tools with them right yeah, it's something I didn't want to do. I never wanted to get on camera and that. But yeah, from the first one, the amount of emails and messages I'm getting and helping people. So it's yeah, it's all worth it. Yeah. yeah. Are you are you able to respond to people then? Yeah, yeah. So I set up a, a website where people now are finding me or if if I was interviewed by my coach or by Dan, they've got my email and I, you know, I've given permission. So they're, they're giving out my email to everyone because I'm not coaching. I'm not, you know, charging fees or anything. I'm just some fella from Australia having a chat. So informal and it seems to, it seems to work. I've got a few people now. I'm sort of informal coaching, I guess you could call it, um, just sharing my experience. So yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. And that Never is... Thought. Yeah, and that is exactly why I'm having you on Thought by Thought Healing. So um, Nick and I have a couple things in common. We were able to connect maybe like a month ago or something. Um, one is that we both healed. And so we have that story and that passion to give back as much as we can. And then also Nick is a Christian too. So um, we're able to connect on that. And today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, that part of his journey too. So let's start first by just we talked a little bit about flipping the script here. We're going to we're going to start actually with the tools instead of his whole journey. We're going to start with tools, what he is finding to be the most powerful, and then we'll go a little backwards there. But as of today and um, your daily tools that you use, what do you find to be just the most important or powerful for you personally? So post post recovery, is that yeah. what you're asking? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So so really post recovery, I don't even really now have to work at it. Um, but a lot of things because I did it so much, it's just ingrained, and it sort of just happens naturally. Um, mm -hmm. The only thing I sort of actually work at and actually do is still somatic tracking. I actually. Um, actually really enjoy doing that and that still sort of helps me even though there's no real sensations or symptoms I still like to do that practice every morning and I use one of Rebecca Tolan's who was my mind body coach um, recordings so I do that um, 
but the the main big things for me was the somatic tracking the self-compassion and being present so all of those things that's what i mean by now are ingrained like so i'm always naturally checking am i being kind and loving to myself whereas before it was i didn't know about self-compassion it was pressure critical bully myself like i was very hard on myself brutal um so yeah so all of that sort of stuff and same with being present i never knew that i wasn't present you know never knew that i wasn't living now and in the moment mm-hmm. so that's something i still do throughout the day like mindfulness you know checking you know where are you at now nick you know sometimes i even it's funny i just scrunch my toes together it's like i'm scratching my toes to feel myself on the earth it's a little thing i do and it's like oh. come on let's get, let's get grounded it's just, and it sort of tells my brain okay we're here now you know so something and I normally do that with mixed with like you know words of love and kindness to myself and a normal short breath so you know I'll even be out in the shopping center and do it like if I notice my brain's like Mm -hmm. I've got all these clients this stuff to do I'll go time out deep breath I love you it's okay everything's okay you know that sort of stuff so that's all just natural now part of my life you know yeah that um that self-compassion piece was a, a huge thing for me too. What was it that kind of led you that showed you that you were actually your own bully or you were you were the one putting the pressure on or however it was you spoke to yourself? What was it that kind of led you to realizing that? Yeah, so I didn't know that at all. And the wow. way I re- yeah, I had no idea. Like, and what I was doing I thought was normal because that's what you're taught to to it to a get ahead well in my culture to get ahead and achieve is brute force mm-hmm. you know you know mm-hmm. and and you suffer at for the for the outcome you know even like bodily things don't go to the toilet for eight hours don't eat i don't care starve like that's that's mm-hmm. what i mean by i was brutal absolutely brutal mm-hmm. so it was when I couldn't get three remaining symptoms to shift after learning about Sano and, and doing Sano stuff for years that I worked with um, Rebecca, the coach, um, Rebecca Tolan, um, that, yeah, she raised it with me. She was um, she she had done a course on self-compassion. Um, Kristen Neff, I think the lady's name is, and she had a book. And she started talking to me about it. And at first I'm like, this woman's from California. What's she talking about? <laughs> those americans yeah (laughs) you know stuff so i even then went and googled it and looked it up and got the lady's book and all that stuff and then yeah then i and that's when i realized i went oh my goodness okay so this you're not meant to be like this (laughs) this isn't this isn't normal this isn't healthy this is sending not messages of safety to the brain it's doing the complete opposite so it's, yeah, so having someone tell me about it, getting the awareness, and then just gradually picking through it, you know, identifying it throughout the day. Um, but it gets really tricky because what I found is I started beating myself up for not being self-compassionate. Yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. Okay. Yeah. And did you catch, and how did you catch that? Was it like through symptoms continuing, continuing on? No, not through symptoms. Um, okay. I just, no, I just noticed it one day. I just noticed 
hang on, I'm doing this bullying trick again. Like I'm really bullying myself, you know, because what happened was when I learned about Sano and read the book, I was able to get rid of um, pretty much all of my physical pain, like back pain, neck pain, head pain, um, head pain and all that stuff. But the way I did it was via bullying, like brute force, like complete um, indifference and outcome independence. Mm -hmm. So that's why I couldn't get rid of the last three symptoms because, yes, I got rid of all of the back pain and chronic pain and all of this stuff, but I couldn't get rid of the migraines, the, the burning, which was vomiting and insomnia um, because I was still bullying myself. I was still was not showing myself self-compassion and kindness and love. So when I learned about self-compassion, I went back to that trait of bullying because I did. I literally bullied my pain away, you know, not all of my pain. Wow. You know, because, you know, I'm not a hero, I'm not some big tough guy, but I can handle a lot. So if you tell me there's nothing structurally wrong with me. So you remember, you know, I had the MRIs and all that. And I've got all these bulging discs and all this stuff in my spine. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you go around with fear and really I'm a cripple, I'm broken. Don't do this, don't do that. But then you read this book from this guy from America and says, you're actually not broken. They're just normal. I'm like, woohoo, let's go. Uh -huh. You know? So, um, yeah, so that's where it was tricky. And it still is somewhat tricky with me, you know, because that's just inbuilt in me, just that bulliness and that, you know, force, brute force. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I um, I often talk about inner dialogue with my clients because I think it's one of, one of the main ways, one of the, I call them four ways that, or I categorize them at four ways of, uh, the ways that we can feel unsafe and our own inner dialogue is one of the things that literally makes me feel unsafe because of how I, and for me, I think it was less how I talked about myself and more about how I felt about myself. Right. And, and so that was a little bit harder to detect because it wasn't like I told people all these negative things about myself. Um, it wasn't even like an inner voice that I heard a lot. It was just more this general feeling that I had about me. And so therefore I had a general feeling of unsafety all the time with, with myself. Yeah, I can, I get that. Yeah. As, um, how did, how does God fit into that picture for you? Because I know that self-compassion can be twisted into selfishness, um, yes. or ego, or, or however you want to view it but did you have any wrestling around that yourself I know I did yeah yeah de definitely that's why I said when I first heard about it I went no 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 this is some ultra left-wing thing or something from the states you know what I mean and, and <laughs> I'll be honest that's what I first thought I'm like oh I love it that's yeah so great like, yeah that's why I went yeah so it was tricky mm -hmm. and that's where, because you don't want to make you an idol. You don't want to make you the power, you have the power in you and the power of the universe within you and all this stuff, you right. know, and, th and that was one of my biggest um, struggles healing when I didn't know about Sano or the physical stuff, like going to get a massage and that. I found it really hard because a lot of the people I go and see are just all this new age spiritual stuff. They don't have, candles burnings and crystals and they'd be saying stuff i'm like 
mate, my body's broken. Just fix my body. I don't want to... Like, one fella one day when I was leaving said, I'm going to light a candle for you and pray for this thing. Like, he wasn't talking about God stuff. Yeah. And, like, it took took me aback. And then so I, I rung him when I got home. I said, mate, if I find out you're praying and lighting candles about me, I'm going to come over. <laughs> like, I, I got really upset. I'm like, don't be doing that. I've got enough problems in my life with back pain. Worry about now spirits coming after me. <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, but I got to the place where, well, God loves me. He sent his son for me. He died for me. So I, I must be worth something. I know I'm a wretched sinner, but, you know, I've been redeemed. Like, yeah. I'm, I, there must be some value in me. I must be worth something. 100%. Yeah. So that's what I got to. And I would focus on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I often just think about the fruits of the spirit, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and and when we are refusing to show those to ourselves, well, then we're we're saying no to his character. Um, and of course, we can twist we can twist everything and anything to make it like you were talking about. We can become the idol, um, but the self compassion piece of of just being gentle and kind and patient and taking that pressure off. I I think I've heard you mention. Um, and you can you can um, correct me here, but did Rebecca help you to envision a child that, that was going through a hard time and being compassionate, loving towards a child? Is that the scenario that? Yeah, I still don't know how that came about. I don't know if I came up with it or she did or whatever. But yeah, so it was like, just imagine you're a little innocent child. Would you treat a child like that? Yeah. You know, like. No, you wouldn't, you know, and I love kids. No, you want to grab them and nurture them and hug them and make them feel safe where I was just doing the complete opposite, you know. It still, it still messes with my head even now talking to you about it. Like you just, you just don't realise that's what you were doing or how you are. And then I don't know about you, but then I started thinking, well, what else am I doing? <laughs> like <laughs> what else is there? If there's this self-compassion thing, are there other things? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like other um, big ideas that you've um, ignored and cast aside because you had this stigma around it. Is that what you mean? Yeah, 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 definitely. And even now I'm re recovered. I'm still on some personal journey. Like I'm still always examining myself and checking in and, you know, just yeah. trying to find out, you know, who I am, you know, all that sort of stuff. Because um, I never really knew who I was. And that's why I had a lot of mental health problems when I was younger. I didn't really have an identity. You know what I mean? I'd take on other people's sort of identities and mannerisms and that. So it's been a bit of a, yeah, interesting process, this whole thing. Yeah. So. Have you found, so have you found in, in the healing process have you found freedom in other areas of your life then besides the pain and symptoms? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would say so. Um, and I, I think the main thing is that self-compassion piece, just being so much kinder and gentler to myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not being so hard and brutal. Like, because when you then experience life with kindness and self-compassion it's completely different because I didn't know any better 
like I, I like I started feeling different. I went, geez, I just feel so different. I just feel a lot. I don't know how to explain it. Like lighter, more energy. You know, better in myself. You know, yeah. So it's so, so much nicer living like that than push, 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 push. Someone poking you all day. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, I I often visualize, and I, I don't know that I've ever described this, but that self-compassion piece, I'm often looking at what I'm experiencing from an outsider's view and how I would treat them. What's the disposition that I would have towards somebody going through what I went through or I'm going through? And and then I can just see God kind of living in that space with my friend maybe um, and that disposition, that heart he has towards them. And I can then feel it. And that takes away the edge to my, like, I should be tough enough, or I, I don't have a right to feel stressed about this thing, et cetera. It just kind of takes that pressure off and allows me to be, I don't know, settled and grounded in whatever I'm feeling and experiencing. Because what we're feeling and experiencing is real and it's hard. And if we don't take the time to recognize that, we're just denying the, you know, the yeah. overactive brain and body that we have okay so that's the self-compassion piece and it, it do you stop and do that do you take a moment to literally say i love you is that what your words are yeah yeah i love you you're awesome you're doing a great job and i close my eyes and do a few deep breaths with it you know because before i knew about self-compassion i tried to heal with the um the safety approach like constantly telling myself i'm i'm, I'm safe you know, I'm not broken, there's no danger, which is all good, you know, talking to the brain with that deep breath. Mm -hmm. But then when I learned about self-compassion, I know, see, early on before I learned about self-compassion, um, I was driving the car and that's when um, my burning would be really bad. So uh, what I'm trying to say is along the way there was clues, but I didn't notice them. Yeah. Like I, lo I looked back now, I remember driving the car and one day just had a little chat to my brain. Geez, Nick, you're really cool. You know, I, I really love you. And I never talk like that, like ever, right? Yeah. And I, I remember the burning just disappeared, just like that. And I went, what just happened? That's weird. How did it just go? You know, and that was a clue that, you know, you get caught up in life and you forget about it. Don't go on. <laughs> so, yeah. So there were, all, there were all these little clues along the way, definitely, when I look back now. Yeah, I think, you know, over the years, I've seen a lot of whatever gifs or memes or little sayings telling you to try these little things. And now that I'm healed, I just want to yell, just try it. <laughs> just try it because these little things sometimes are huge, like your burning goes away after saying you're great and I love you. That's that's astounding and so powerful. Um, but it is a completely different way of seeing and talking and treating yourself than what I think you and I have in common of how we viewed ourselves in the past or treat ourselves. So, yeah. And what about, um, becoming present? How, how does, how did that, what, what did that tool look like for you? Yeah. So I used an orienting practice. So it was a guided practice with my coach so it was a recorded practice. So it literally is you're just sitting in the room and you just start looking at your surroundings. So, you know, what can you see and try and look at things in the room and visualize on it 
So it's like a way to bring you back into the body. And then, um, you know, what can you hear? Um, I know there's all different ways of doing it. There's that five thing, whatever. Oh, I always forget what that's called. Five, you know four, three, two, one, grounding exercise. <laughs> yeah, like there's, there's all that. So I used to do that tape a lot, the pre-recording of doing it. So that's what I would do, like somatic tracking and that. I'd do those pre-recordings. But then because I, I do it so much, I would then do it without the recording throughout the day. So you know, I'd be going about my day. And there was one time where I started using a, um, an alarm on my phone to check in. So I would actually set an alarm to check in. Mm, yeah. Good yeah. tip. That, yeah. Yeah. That really helped. That really helped. So check in. Where am I at now? Look around the room. What can I hear? Bring myself back into the body. A couple of those deep breaths, words of kindness, the self-compassion. So it's like I'm mixing everything together yeah. in that exercise, if you want to call it, that whole piece, bringing it all together. Um, then I would do slow walks. I call them slow meditation walks or they're really mindful walks. I go really slow because I, I live um, near nice parkland and, 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 and that sort of stuff. So you go for a nice walk, really snow, really slow, find a bird or a tree and just really stare at it. And um, and I mean like really slow. Like you might think, what's wrong with this geezer? <laughs> like what's he, you know? And I don't know if it's like this in the States, but here we have a, um, there's like, you know, like I'm an ethnic and all that. There's a large ethnic community, but the old men walk around really slow and you see them with their hands behind their back, really slow. And it's like they don't have a care in the world and they're just so at peace. That's what I started doing because, you know, here's another clue. Once years ago, there was this old Japanese guy and he'd always see me because I go for my walks, but my walks were like, you know, power walks. And he used to stop me. He used to stop me. Slow down, son. Slow down. It's, I don't know who he is, just some lad in the park. Um, yeah. So that that practice, doing that a few times a day. Um, yeah. Yeah. I can just yeah. see you like walking around the park real slow saying, I love you. You're great. You're <laughs> awesome. <laughs> if, if you told me this 20 years ago. <laughs> I know. It, it, it's so it's so crazy because I'm the same as you. I, I was not soft or gentle. In fact, I considered it to be like not cool. So <laughs> so I would never do this. And now I just look back and, and who I am now and who I was then and I wouldn't want to go back, but I also somewhat don't recognize myself yeah. at times. Um, yeah, and I i mean, I would much rather, I am so, I know you're not, but I love my journey because I love where it led me. And so I'm thankful for it. But I realized that I've heard you say you're not quite there yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so self-compassion, presence, um, there was one other thing you said that was really important. Oh, somatic tracking. Yeah. How, how long do you do somatic tracking for? It's around 10, 15 minutes, twice oh. a day. Oh, you do a pretty long one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I did not actually hear about somatic tracking while I was healing. So it was not part of my, my healing journey, but. Yeah. Well, it was never around same for me right when i learned about sano and all, there was there was none of it so it was only oh, october last year when okay. i started when i started working with my coach and yeah somatic tracking appeared that really helped with the burning 
that somatic tracking. The, yeah somatic tracking for this horrific burning it was just a way to be present mm -hmm. to observe that sensation from a place of safety and you know teach the brain or teach even me consciously that it's not that bad and not that dangerous like because i had tried bullying my way out of burning and it does not work yeah it would it would go crazy and i mean i would be covered in sweat it was that bad and my whole body would start to shut down so somatic tracking really did wonders for that symptom or that sensation and then like i said after i've done it so many times i can flick a switch in my brain throughout the day and go into that place of just calmness and peace and safety and you know i got to a point where i call it it's like that cloud technique have you heard you know if you're meditating or something and you let the thoughts just float past so i was able to do that with my symptoms and sensations you know, if I'd notice them, they, they just became clouds and I'll just let them float past. I wouldn't even have to work about it. I'll just like flick a switch and they will just float past and they'll disappear. Yeah, yeah. that's that's interesting because that that idea of looking at your your thoughts and your emotions and your sensations as, as clouds and not letting them become this big thing is something I've actually applied to temptation too in my Christian walk is like, Oh, sometimes you'll just be tempted in some way. And, and I, all of a sudden one day I was like, wait, if I can take my thoughts and my emotions and just be like, oh, interesting, I'm feeling this way today. Or, oh, interesting, my wrist is hurting again. I can give kind attention in the same way I can do it to a, temp a temptation and be like, interesting, I am struggling today with this thing. Okay, letting it go and moving on. And it it's proved to be fairly powerful for me. So just uh, uh, put that out there for everybody to think about. So I'm curious, um, your healing journey, how, how, how long would you say you've been on the healing journey? Childhood. <laughs> you gotta remember I, I've had, I've suffered since childhood. Yeah. So yeah so it's hard it's hard to say i was a normal fella and then i got back pain and i lost two or three years of my life and now i'm back no no i go way back so it's yeah yeah so it's very interesting that's very interesting and and i'd have seasons of chronic call it chronic illness it mm -hmm. might be you know like the turn of the last century you know around 98 99 i had really bad mental health really bad mental health um so that was one really dark season, which then actually led me to the Lord, you know, when I came out oh. of it on the other side. So, yeah. So wow. I actually I actually came to Christ through a little booklet and a, and a mate who had become a Christian. Why would, God, why would a good God allow suffering? Wow. And, and the book was, it hit the spot that you needed to hear. Yeah, 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 definitely. So it was like a little Christian book sort of track but but using that so yeah that was around about 2000 2001 yeah do you remember what it was about that book or about what it said about god that helped you to kind of shift that in you a little bit it's such a blurry period in my yeah. time in my life so there was pain so does you yeah so many weird things were happening and spiritual yeah, it was weird there was a lot of stuff I could talk about all that for five hours, but it was just, yeah, it was like realizing 
which I still draw on today, that God is the creator. Now, this is going to sound harsh, but the, I, I get this. God is the creator. If he wants you to suffer, who, who, am, I to, who am I to say? It's wow. like... Like the potter know, and the clay. I know that's really hard for people to get, and I get it, but I'm like, if I made something and it told me off, you know, and challenged me, you know, my pride would kick in and I'm like, well, hang on. The thing, the being that created everything like that, that has that much power because that still hurts my head when I think about it, that God can just like that speak things into existence. Who am I to say to him, you know, like Job, like, you know, I, and I know that doesn't seem very self-compassionate. <laughs> it's like the opposite, you know, yeah. But I get that because that's my nature. That's it's that again, that strength. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. Yeah. But there was parts in that book which also talked about the other side. Well, it's not, you know, God's given us a free will because God doesn't want us to be robots because then if we're robots, our love isn't really genuine because God's a God of love and mm -hmm. he wants to express his love to the world and, you know, wants to receive it back. And um, so there was that part of as mm. well, which, yeah. which I... I get as well because we need to you know you've got to have a free will so it's not really god doing it but look you can and then you can get into full theological debates about this stuff absolutely and all this stuff and i'm just like oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah that was prior to me um ending up in chronic pain i started really doubting and, and grappling with my faith around some of the things that you're talking about um and I don't, I don't know if you have that part of your story, but I am curious, it, did you, what did, did your relationship with God or your understanding maybe of his character, did it change at all during the, the suffering and the healing process and the being healed process? Did it, did that um, affect your understanding of him? Not, not the healing process, but the suffering because all the, okay. you know, all the way back from childhood, then to the mental health stuff really brought me to an understanding of God that he that he is real and you know coming mm -hmm. to Christ and then then I got my life back onto track and then unfortunately it switched to chronic fatigue which then switched to insomnia so like every few years I was just going down 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 yeah so it was about yeah. around I think it was around 2009 or 2010 where it just became super chronic where I couldn't you know work live function in society you know wanted to put me in wheelchairs and all this stuff Yep. Um, but yes, so it's, I know God's real because he keeps showing up, like always waits to the last second. I shouldn't get upset, but it does upset. And I'm like, why do we always have to wait to the last second or <laughs> a breaking point? Like just hello, yeah. <laughs> you know, when, yeah. you know, cause I, I had insomnia bad. Like I, I'm not talking one day I'd, I'd go weeks. Like it's a form of torture. You know, it literally is. They do that with prisoners of war and that and it's just hard and your faith gets tested because you, you start going mad i'd start going mad you know couldn't think straight and yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely um so at what point in time did you hear about the mind-body connection 13 2013 oh i thought you were saying age 13 okay 2013 okay yeah. and and then you you didn't work with a coach until recently, but you oh, did yeah. see, you saw a lot of improvement in, in a bunch of your symptoms after discovering Sarno. 
Yeah. So found Sano online in 13. Okay. Was at, at that time being driven around, couldn't really sit or even really lie down. I was in a bad way, you know, heat packs for the muscle spasms. And you could see them. If I took my shirt off, you could see them. There was a zzz zzz all through my body and my body was going out of shape. And then um, ice packs for the burning. So I heard about Sano, got the book, came in the mail, read the book, picked up an axe and went outside and cut down a tree and the pain vanished just because I went, I'm not broken. There's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with me structurally or pathologically and all that stuff, yeah. you know, yeah. because I thought, I, like I said before, I thought I was broken. I got all the MRIs. I, could, I can show you. I've still got them all, but now I don't have the pain. So, but I couldn't get then rid of all of those symptoms. You know, that, sorry, those last three symptoms, the burning, the insomnia, um, and the migraines that led to vomiting. But I tried, I didn't try any coaches, but I tried TMS um, psychologists and some pretty big notable ones. So I did try people when I couldn't fully heal myself. Okay. And it, it just set me off. So early on, I did a lot of journaling. Because I had never, I had never journaled. I didn't even know what emotions and feelings were. I had to Google them and get the list. I love that. <laughs> I had yeah. no idea. I had no idea. Like you had to tell me what it means to be sad and to be, you know, like, like literally. Yeah. So anyway, so I did all that. I did heaps amount of journaling, heaps, like just from raw, brutal, nasty stuff to formalized feeling the emotion. And I had a lot of success with it, but I still couldn't get rid of these three things. And then I'd keep digging and digging and digging. And then I had to stop journaling. So for me, journaling helped in the beginning, but then I had to stop. And I've, not, I've known other TMS people who have recovered who were the same. Gets to the point, you just got to stop digging. It's That's not the issue. You've right. done enough emotional work. It's done. So when I went and saw these TMS you know, gurus, I psychiatrist and psychologist and all that who are known in the industry it just sent me nuts because it was all about feelings and emotions and just didn't work I'd done it all I, di I didn't it's not what I needed I needed to know about self-compassion and being present and somatic tracking and indifference I needed to learn to do indifference in a loving gentle kind way you know indifference of, to your sensations yeah 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 yeah. yeah so exactly. it's been an interesting journey and it's been messy at times like it can get really messy like things will work for a while and then they'll stop mm -hmm. and it will sort of you know cause flare-ups yep. and other things will work and so yeah do you feel like you went through a, a myriad of a bunch of different um i guess tools before you discovered what your solid three were then yeah definitely and would you and would you suggest, I mean, when you look back on that, was that what you needed was to go through those, those different tools and try them out? And yeah. Yeah. Do you have any regrets in that, in that part of your journey? No, because I don't think the three tools that ended up working would have worked if I hadn't done all of the journaling. Yeah. So yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And, and I'll, I'll still even journal now, even though I tell you that doesn't help me. But I'll journal now with life stuff. I'm not talking about going back to past. I do not do that. That's done. There it is. Today's stuff. What's going on in Nick's life today? You know, 
I'll, I'll again, part of my process of stopping throughout the day is what am I feeling emotionally now? And I'll say that to myself, what am I feeling emotionally now? Okay. And sometimes that's enough. Sometimes it's not go and get the pen and paper and just write it out. Yeah. Rip it up, chuck it in the bin and move on. Yep. That is my story too, actually. Um, so for the first, I would say for, I don't know, three or four months, I did like, you're talking a deep dive of all the childhood and adult, like real, real emotions, get those out, discover the subconscious. Cause that thing is tricky. And, um, and then at one point in time, I was like, Hmm, I'm, I'm done with yeah. the past. Yeah. Um, and you're right. There's no need to keep going through things you've already gone through. But that writing piece is incredibly powerful. When I know something stressful in my life now, and I can't quite do it with like a somatic practice or something in the spot, then I'll go to the writing. And it, for me, it's really empowering. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think everyone should be doing that. You know, I, I, that's I, I'm not a big believer in saying to people, you must do this and must do that because we're all different and everything works. But yeah. I actually think for life stuff right now, stresses, I think everyone should just get a pen and paper and write it out. Yeah. I really do. It, it does wonders. You know, looking back, looking back, I would have loved to have done it as a child. I don't know, you know. Oh, gosh. It was one of the Dr. David. Oh, Yeah. I know the doctor. Oh gosh, one of the Dr. Davids is is developing a program for high schools so that they can go in and teach because and and my second job besides being a coach is is at a high school. And so I just love this because we do not have tools like this um being taught to our kids so they don't know. I mean, I was in a class the other day and they were asking kids how they handle with their stress and their answers were things like eat food. <laughs> <laughs> you know and i'm like oh my gosh like this is terrible you know there's no corrective uh response yeah. to that a couple people said breathing types of things but there's not enough information out there so okay um i have one more question before we close up but you know we and i myself included often talk about doing the work of healing um do you have any words of advice about that for people who i don't know that are that are just starting the journey and reading about it uh, and or people that are still in the process but kind of feeling stuck do you have any thoughts on that i noticed repetition is key it's like the yeah it's like the brain takes a while to get it so even though symptoms may not be shifting as quick as we want, yeah, and that can be a problem if you can be a, a clock watcher, as Sano used to talk about, and that then puts pressure on you. Um, so I'll give you an example, and you, you may have heard me talk about this, my um, being able to run again, you mm -hmm. know, um, working with my coach, doing graded exposure with self-compassion, so I went through that whole process and the pain just kept getting worse and worse and worse to I was struggling to bend over and put my shoes and socks on, but I just kept at it with love, kindness, self-compassion. I wasn't bullying myself, you know, and it took nine days of crippling pain for the brain to get the message. 
and I never wavered. I never lost hope because mm. uh, I was reclaiming something that meant so much to me, that meant the world to me, and I could feel that it was about to come back to me. My brain didn't like it. My brain was just smashing that danger signal like there was no tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and every day it was getting louder and louder. And I just didn't waver, but I didn't bully either. I, I did it from a place of love. No brain. I know what you're trying to say, but I love this. And I know you're just trying to protect me. That's one thing I learned. I always thought my brain was against me. My body was against me. I was at war with my body. It was just trying to protect me. It was, it was screaming at me in love. And I just didn't understand it. So um, that really was a big shift for me. So my message is of hope. Like, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not the smartest guy going around. I'm not a feely, feely sort of guy. I'm a blokey bloke. Like, and I've had every symptom under the sun. Like, if you want to send me an email with your list, I guarantee I've got more on my list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I have heard your story, but we didn't go over that today and we don't need to, but just so everybody yeah. watching or listening on the podcast knows, I mean, Nick's list is, it's it's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's impressive. <laughs> your, your brain is really um, creative. We'll just say that. Yeah. yeah. So that's my message. Like, don't give up hope. You know, you've now you're learning now about Sano and mind body, whatever you want to call it. There's all different names. Yeah. Just be patient and kind and loving to yourself. And it will work out. It will figure it out. I'm not a do-do-do-do guy. Like some people say, oh, because you weren't ready to heal. You know, now now you were ready to heal. I'm like, what are you talking about? I was ready from the start. Yeah. <laughs> it used to get me so mad when people used to say that. So, um, yeah, I, I so, never had anybody say that to me and I'm really glad because you know, <laughs> that wouldn't have gone over very well. No, no. So don't give up. That's my thing. Just don't give up and just keep at it. But in a yeah. nice, loving, non-pressured way, because I know what us TMSs are like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That, that pressure, that meanness, that uh, deadline is it's, it's just not helpful. Just give yourself a break. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, cool. Well, anything else before we sign off? We've got a little list here. Huh? We've gone through everything. Oh, one thing I was going to say, um, when you know how when you're noticing the symptoms and, you know, it's how you respond to the symptoms. What I found is I stopped acknowledging the symptoms. I, that was one thing I didn't sort of understand. So um, what I'm trying to say is, you know how we're meant to sort of shift from the physical to psychological. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and like you'll you 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 will use tools to try and lessen your symptoms in that. It's like I don't, I, and I've heard other people say this. You start fearing your response to the symptoms because it's like you mm -hmm. don't think you're allowed to acknowledge the suffering because uh -huh. then because then you're caring. And then if you're caring about it, it means you're not indifferent to it. Because mm. there's this whole thing of you've got to become completely indifferent to the sensation, the symptom. And what I found is I've become the thought police. I've become so vigilant. Nick, you're caring. You're thinking about that symptom. You know, no, just do the self-compassion now. Don't, 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 you know, no. So 
and that was tricky. So I had to learn to acknowledge what was going on. You know what, Nick? This is not nice. This really hurts and this is really painful, you know, and I'd say that to myself and then shift to the psychological. What's going on emotionally now, you know, and the the self-compassion talk? I just wanted to raise that because I've seen a few people I've spoken to and a few people in the comments online and stuff. You know, we get we start fearing the fear. Yeah. 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 I, I think Dan Sarno puts or Dan Sarno. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, he would love that. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Buglio says something like, You be aware, but don't give it your undivided attention. Don't be aware, yeah. don't give it the the negative attention. Because yeah, it your your sensations, they're they're screaming for your attention and to pretend like it's not screaming um, is like ignoring a child that's just wanting to be loved. So giving it that attention um, and then saying, hey, what are we actually crying about psychologically? What is happening here? So. Well said. That's what I was trying to say. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. You don't have to get off the call quite yet. I will end this uh, Zoom meeting and then you and I can catch up a little bit more. But thank you everybody else for watching and um, I will see you again next week. Thanks so much. Bye.